Church, how are you? If you just want to pass your cups to the end of the row, the um, uh, helpers will pick them up for you. Yeah, so how's everyone? Are you all well? Good. Okay, we, um, we'll, we'll get straight into it. Uh, today I want put, to put your sword away uh, out of John 18, 1 to 11. And um, it's also in, it's in a number of the Gospels, this, this story, the number of the, uh, sorry, uh, the, where, where it talks about Jesus' story and his life story. So you can look at there or you can look in Luke 22, 35 to 54, which is what I'm going to read, read from now. Then Jesus asked them, When I sent you without purse, bag or sandals, did you lack anything? Nothing, they answered. By the way, this is, this is, just, this is at the, when they're having the Last Supper. Um, when they're having, um, what we just had communion, they're having the Last Supper. And then Jesus goes on to this. Um, nothing, they answered. He said to them, but now you have a purse. But now, if you have a purse, take it, and also a bag. And if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. It is written, and he was numbered with the transgressors. And I tell you that this must be fulfilled in me. Yes, what is written about me is reaching its fulfilment. The disciples said, "See, Lord, here are two swords." That's enough, he replied. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place. He said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. When he arose from prayer, when he rose from prayer and went back to his disciples, he found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. Why are you sleeping, he asked them. Get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. When he was still speaking, a crowd came up, and the man who was called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him, but Jesus asked him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? When Jesus' followers saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? One of them, who was Peter, struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. But Jesus answered, no more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests, the officers of the temple guard and the elders who had come for him, am I leading a rebellion that you have come with swords and clubs? Every day I was with you in the temple courts and you did not lay a hand on me. But this is your hour when darkness reigns. Then seizing him, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance. So here, here we see um, uh, the, the world of the, of the time that Jesus was in, they were coming to attack him and um, there was opposition to him. He, he came to bring life to people, he came to, he came to um, get the works of God um, outworked in people's lives and, and in communities, and, but there was people that were against him 
there was forces that were against him. And you know what? The, the world has never changed. There's always that, since the fall of man, there's always been that tension of, of um, um, opposition against what Jesus wants to do in the world. Um, the good that he wants to bring, the, the, the life that he wants to bring to people, the, what, what he wants to build in this world. There's always been that tension. And, um, and it's the same in our times. And, and you see, you know, the world going on a course uh, against, against what God wants. And, and uh, it, it says in Matthew 24, 12, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of many will grow cold. So, and, you know, we, we find in our own lives that same opposition coming at us. Um, in, in our own personal lives, when we want to try and um, build in the work of God and the will of God into our own hearts and lives, we find that opposition from, you know, the, the enemy of our souls in the spiritual realm. We also find it in our own uh, flesh and blood fighting against the, his things being established in our hearts and lives. And, you know, we find it in, in, our, in our community, like in, a, in the group that we're in today, we find the same thing. Um, when, he, when, when Jesus is looking to build and, and build something strong and, um, and awesome to bless the community, there's, there's the opposition that comes. It's just inevitable. And, and you know, and, and we, you see it in the world at large. Um, you know, with persecuted Christians in different places of the world. So, but in this situation, you see two starkly different responses to this. You see Jesus who, who, who was a friend to the people who were coming to kill him. He was a friend, friend to them and he gave up his, his life for them uh, in love. So he was walking in the spirit and in love towards these people these uh, the enemies that hated him, and but then you see Peter, and his response is is um, a natural one, basically he, which is what any of us uh, would do in our natural state. So the crowd's coming, and Peter has got his sword, and he he's like, "What do I do?" So he just draws his sword out and runs up and. Phoom! cuts this guy's ear off and it just drops on the ground. Um, he wasn't trying to chop his ear off, he was trying to kill the guy. He's like, right, you, you're coming against me, I'm coming against you. And, and he's using this force to try and combat this, this opposition that's coming against him. Uh, and, and Jesus and, and, and all the dis, disciple, disciples, uh, followers of Jesus, all the followers who are with Jesus, so why why did he why did he do that? Um, you know, at, at different times, uh, you see uh, in in the stories of when Jesus walked on the earth, it says, um, you know, the disciples saying, I think it might have been Peter again. He says, Lord, how many times must I forgive my brother? Seven times. So and he's so he's sort of saying, okay. We, I'll, I can forgive for a while, I'll go for seven, then after that I can, I can let loose. Then after that we can do things differently. Surely seven is plenty. And Jesus obviously says, 
No, 70 times 7. And then, and you know, and, and another time you see the disciples sitting down and they're, they're like, um, I think it might have been at the Last Supper too, they're like, oh, they're talking about who's, who was the greatest among them. Well, I've done this and that, you know. I, I healed 20 people, how many did you heal? Oh, you only 10, okay, well, I'm better than you. You know, and they were jostling for power and, and like, yeah, I'm the greatest. And Jesus says, you know, who serves is the greatest. And so they're trying to get this jostling for power in the, among the group. And then you see another time, they, this town, Jesus comes to this town and they, and they don't accept him. They, they, they reject him. And, and John and someone else says, Lord, should we call down fire? From, from heaven and burn up this town because they're, they're, they're rejecting you. And, and Jesus says, no, 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 I didn't come to destroy life, I came to save it. And so the, the whole time, they, because they, they, the, the, Jesus' followers at that time uh, had their Bible, which we have, but they didn't have the second half, the New Testament, they had the Old Testament. And they saw the Old Testament and looked at it and thought, this is the way that God works. He works by natural means, by force. If there's any opposition, God's going to come and take him out, basically. But that, that whole system was a, it was a different covenant. So that covenant was basically, the, the, the rules were earthbound rules and that, and that had to be applied to in the physical realm. And if they went outside of it, then there was the earthly physical uh, thing for that, you know, thing that had to happen for that. But in Jesus, he's bringing in a, a better and big, bigger way of dealing with mankind that, that is, um, is different to that. It's, it's, um, it's heavenly way. It's, it's different. Um, and and there's, all, there's all parallels in the Old Testament to, to what happens now. So, you know, they'd walked with Jesus for three years. I don't think they ever quite grasped that the kingdom Jesus was bringing in was a spiritual one, an internal one in the hearts of men and women, brought about by the Holy Spirit rather than a physical one, brought about by physical means and the arm of human strength. So all the while Jesus is, is, is walking by the Spirit, teaching and preaching, healing the sick and forgiving sins and having compassion on the people. All the while he's doing that, I think there was this tension always going on in the disciples. Um, when, when, when will this be enough? When, when, can we, when can we get, when have we prayed enough? When have we loved enough? When have we had compassion enough that finally the, the judgment of God comes on, the, on them now? Like what, what, how long does this have to go on? And, and they, they, I think they sort of got the idea because the Jesus' followers would often be misinterpreting what he said from a natural point of view rather than what Jesus was trying to tr say in a spiritual point of view. And so when Jesus says, um, if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one, see, the... the his followers completely misunderstood what he was saying. They were just seeing it from a natural point of view. They were thinking, right, we need, we've got our sword 
and, and they say, you know, um, see, Lord, here are two swords. We've got our swords. We're ready. And, and Jesus says, that's enough. And they, they still didn't grasp it. I don't know what they thought. Maybe they thought, wow, this is, this is going to be a credible victory. Uh, I've, I've read about those guys in the Old Testament, you know, standing on a hill with a sword and cutting down thousands. It's going to be awesome. I only need two swords. We don't even need more than that. We, we, two's enough for us. And Jesus is really saying, I don't know, I think maybe he's saying that's enough talk about that. Let's, um, th- that's not what I'm talking about. And so, I think I've got that here. And that's enough talk about that sort of thing. But, um, so yeah, maybe they thought, well, maybe Peter did the sums and, and he went, okay, 70 times 7, 490. I've, I've got my checkbook here. That was 490 yesterday. So now we can go for it. I've forgiven 490 times. Now we, now we can go for it. And, and, you know, we can build the kingdom by our own power. That, that's what they're really trying to do, build, build God's works and his purposes in their own power. And we can t- misinterpret what God is saying as well. We can build a picture of God that seems plausible if, if you look at what you, you read in the natural sense, but it's, it's, not, it's, it's not right. And the result of that sort of natural thinking is destructive. It's destructive for us, it's destructive for others. When we start to think that these things that are in me that, that are opposing God's work being established in my life, when we think I can deal with this by, by my own power, by, by, the, by my own arm, by the, by the sword I've got, I can deal with this situation within me. And, and, and it happens when we're in groups. There, there might be, uh, you know, it might be a meeting of some sorts and you, you have an issue and you think, I can deal with this with my own strength and power. I can, I can take this position and I can, I can rule over this and, and, and I'll, I'll become the one that, that rules over it. And, and, you know, and you see it in the, in the world. You see it, um, the, the, if you take that line of thought right to its full completion basically end up with what we're seeing in the world now which is people uh, living for God and thinking they're living for God by killing and murdering people and trying to bring about God's rule that way that that if you follow it right through to the conclusion that's basically what you end up with uh, in James 1:20, it says for man's anger or, or strength or force of power does not bring about the righteous life that God desires the truth is we can't establish anything of God in our own power and strength. We can't have victory in our own life by our own strength. We can't build God's church as a group and deal with others right in our own strength. And as a church, we can't fight the larger battles of the world around us in our own strength. So we see Peter and the, and the guys... They were zealous, passionate, sincere and felt strong in themselves, believing they could take out the opposition to God's 
the works of God in life, but all they succeeded in, in doing was cutting off some guy's ear. And I think it's one of the, well, for, for me it is anyway, it's one of the longest and most difficult lessons that you have to learn in life, that you can't rely on yourself, you have to rely on the Holy Spirit. But it, you seem to always go back to it though. It's such a long, it's, for me anyway, it's been such a, and still is such a long and difficult lesson to learn that, that Jesus is saying you can't do it by your sword. You, you have to leave that, you have to let go of that. You can't, you can't deal with it in that way. And um, all we end up doing is reducing people's ability to hear the gospel. Because you'll fight for things inside you and try and deal with them, but you, you won't deal with them and they'll come out. And, and you'll, you'll do things or say things that, that redu- reduce people's ability to hear the gospel. They think, well, you're a Christian and then you just um, retaliated like anyone else. And basically, we're not, if I've done that, I've just got my sword out and gone chunk and cut off his ear. And, and he's like, well, if that's Christianity, I'm, I'm not sure I really want that. And... Um, you know, in, in Romans it says, this is talking about Jews and th- th- these were people that were just under the law and, and trying to do please God in their own power and strength. Um, he says, God's name is blasphemed among the people, other people of the world because of you. Um, now, that just means that people talk bad about God because of what they were doing, because they were saying... We follow God, you shouldn't do this and that and the other, but we're doing it. And, 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 it was, and, and people were like, they didn't want to, they put, put people off. And, you know, we, we wonder why so many people are put off God in our day and age. It's because we, we try to live out God's purposes in our own power and strength. And we end up doing stupid things, um, in church and, and whatnot, and the world thinks, God, you know, what they're doing in the church, like, but, and it puts people off wanting to know God. And, um, you know, I remember years ago when I was, this is before I was a Christian, I was about 23, I think, and, um, I had a girlfriend at the time I'd been in with for a couple of years and uh, my parents were Christians and they were like, so I knew a bit about God and, and that sort of thing just by picking up, I'd been to Sunday school and just picked up a few things and, um, and I was like, and I'd talk about God at different times and say, you know, this is what God wants us to do with our lives and, you know, you've got to do this and we can't do this wrong. And, and, and one day she said to me, you know what, Michael, you're a hypocrite. I went, oh, really? Oh, that hurt. <laughs> because I, but she was exactly right. Because I had this thing in my mind that I was a pretty good person and, and all this sort of thing. She says, you talk about this stuff, but you don't do it. And, and, and it made me, I think that made me start that comment made me start thinking about my, my life more. I thought, 
that's exactly right. And, and um, you know, the, the other thing that happens, not only do we uh, make it harder for people to come to Jesus and, and come to know God, if we continue in that way, we'll eventually end up dead, which is what Jesus is saying. All who draw the sword will die by the sword. He's saying this, this isn't just, this isn't just um, a nice Christian anecdote or a, a nice idea. He's saying this is, this is about life and death. Obviously, we don't, we're not saved by, what, by this. We're saved by the grace of Jesus and his forgiveness and love for us. But he's saying, you've just got to stay connected with me. You, you know, you, you've got to, you've got to um, be engaged with me. Um, because he is life, and yeah, it says in Romans eight twelve to thirteen. I've put in an extra couple of bits here just to expand it. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. For if you live according to, relying on, trusting in, and in the end outworking its thoughts and actions which is the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit, relying on, trusting in, and in the end outworking the thoughts and actions of the Spirit, you will put to death the misdeeds of the body and you will live. Now we can, um, you know, we, we always have a habit, or well, I do anyway, I'm sure probably everyone does, of, you know, you can try and justify actions that you know aren't good and you try and you know you, you try and get something in the bible or something that'll that'll make you think it's okay and you think that, that you can justify it by if i just tweak the bible in that way and just you know get it to go around that corner then i'm okay and i don't have to worry about that and but you know and we all do it in our fallen nature, but we, we can't... Um, obviously, we need to keep growing and developing in, in reading it and putting it and just saying, well, that's what it says and I'm not going to try and, try and manipulate it or, you know... And sometimes we do it uh, just out of ignorance, like, you know, the disciples, we've got, you know, grab a sword and they're like, oh, yeah, the Bible says grab a sword. All right, cool. I'll do that. Um, and, you know, yeah. But in the end, if we, do, if we continue on that path, it's, it's not going to lead to a good end. Can I go to the next slide there? That thing's not working. So, so Jesus is uh, he's telling him to put away the sword and then he says, Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me? And, you know, shall... And, and we could say the similar thing. Shall we not drink the cup that, that Jesus gives us? Like, shall we not drink it? Shall we not... Shall we do something different other than that? Shall we try something different? Shall we try a different way? 
you know, Jesus, when he was in the garden, he said, um, Father, if there's any other way that this can be done, then, then let's do it that way. But, but there's no other way. And Jesus has already fully investigated that avenue for us, and there is no other way. The only way is that we can rely on God and his power um, to grow and develop us and change us in life. That's the only way. And, you know, the, and shall we not follow Jesus and give up our lives for others? Like, shall we not do that? But that's what, you know, that's what it says we need to do is uh, love each other and love the people around us. And, you know, the disciples were chosen as leaders by Jesus and they would become leaders, but they had to learn a key lesson, that it was God's mercy, God's strength, God's ability and enabling they needed to rely on. Um, and it wasn't an easy lesson for them to learn. They had to go through rebuke uh, and correction on a number of t occasions and total failure in some circumstances, what they were trying to achieve in their own strength. But the call remained for them and it remains for us. So if, um, if, you, if Jesus has pulled you up on different times, as he does with all of us, it's because he loves us. And, uh, you know, when we do something, when we draw our sword and, and do something dumb, he, you know, we will get that, oh, I shouldn't have done that, that, was, that wasn't great. But, you know, he didn't give up on the disciples and he doesn't give up on us either. Or... Um, when I was first became a Christian in, um, well, about, when I was 26, so whatever year that was. <laughs> That's 14 years ago. What is that equal? <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, it was 14 years ago, which would be 2002. Of course, yeah, it's not that hard to add that up, is it? Um, I, would, I, would be going, I was working in the National Parks of Wildlife, and I'd go to work every day and I'd like some days I'd deal with things well and you know respond well to people and problems that I faced and other days would just be a complete mess it'd be like nothing I couldn't uh, get my time I couldn't order my time right um, if someone said something I'd get all stirred up and you know spend half the night thinking about um, about the situation and how to deal with it and and, and all these sort of things, and I saw, a, I started to see a pattern. I thought, hang on a minute, if I, when I get up to pray in the morning, it seems things seems to go better during the day. I thought, oh, that's interesting. Like there, there was still the same problems and issues, but you, you 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 could sort of deal with it better, and you wouldn't get so head up, <laughs> get so silly about things, and and do dumb things. And I thought, and, um, oh, thank you. And, you know, if you do want to please God, then your heart is like, God, I want to do, I want to please you. And, and it's like, so I thought, well, okay, if I have to pray before each day, then I guess I'm just going to have to do it. Because I can't, I don't want to keep doing these things. I, I want to do, I want to do things that, that are pleasing to God, and so and so you ha just ha and and you don't always feel like it at all. You, you're like, 
you know, the alarm goes off at whatever time you think, oh. you know, do you have to, but, but you think, no, hang on a minute, I just have to do it because I'm not dealing with days like that anymore. I don't, want to, I don't want it to go like that anymore. And you still do stuff dumb at different times, of course, but it's just, it's just, it just helps. It's just better. So, you know, are we, are we living being filled by the Holy Spirit? It's not, just, it's not just something that we take by faith. You know, I believe by faith that I'm full of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's not something that you, you can do that with. It, it's, it's an actual thing. It's an actual tangible physical thing. And there's actual results and things that happen around because of it. And... And you, you, and you might say, well, how will I know if I'm living by the Spirit and not in my own strength? And the way you, you, you most clearly tell is by what happens in, in tricky moments. Because Peter's sword was hanging at his side, unused, through the whole time of communion, with, all the, the, with his mates sitting around. Everybody was being nice to each other, I'm sure, except for Judas, I suppose, but... They're all like, they're all, you know, he's with his mates, it's easy, it's comfortable, and the sword is just sitting there, in, in, firmly in its scabbard. And then, um, and you know, we can be the same, you know, on, on Sunday morning or here at church, we're like, we're just wonderful to get along with. Oh, God bless you, my brother and sister. Nice to meet, see you. How's your week? Wonderful. It's been marvellous. <laughs> and then, you know, and we're all walking around and their swords are just hanging there because, oh, it's all good. We're with our friends. It's no problem here. But you see, once, once the pressure come on the disciples, once they were out with people that didn't like them, there was, there was stuff happening. Then it's like, then it's their default. Right, this comes out now. So, you know, what, what about on Monday morning? Or Thursday night during the week, is, is the sword coming out then and, and are we taking swings? So how do I avoid drawing the sword? That's the obvious question to ask because we don't want to do it. And it's, it's, it's a simple equation. Drawing the sword starts when we fail to seek intimacy and infilling and strengthening by the Holy Spirit. If we don't pray and seek God in that way, if I don't pray and seek God in that way, I will draw the sword and try to battle in my own strength and in my own flesh because it's a default. Battling in your own flesh isn't something that you set out to do. It's just because of neglect. You'll just fall into it. And if I do pray and are governed and strengthened by the Holy Spirit, I won't draw the sword. It's that, it's that simple. Um, we either fight the battle Jesus fought at Gethsemane and win and lay down our lives for people more and more or we don't and end up trying to live, by our own, live life by our own power. The situation that the disciples faced revealed that they were sleeping while Jesus was praying. The situation they faced revealed what was happening in their life 
outside of that and, and the situations we face and our reactions to it reveal what, what we do in our quiet time uh, away from other people. And, um, and Jesus, Jesus gave up his life for those men and he, was, he was, had self-control, patience, he loved them, he gave up his life for them. And, and the, the other guys were, were um, presuming themselves and, and striking out. So Jesus was strengthened by the Holy Spirit in prayer and communion with his Father, just getting together with his Father. He was strengthened by the Holy Spirit. It says that in the garden. And the Holy Spirit uh, baptism, which is just um, filling up, I suppose, and in filling generally comes in a place of prayer or being prayed for by others. So if we see in the, in the Bible, in, um, in, in Acts, there's a number of occasions in Acts, in, in 1, 12, 12 to 14. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon the Zealot and Judas the son of James. Pardon me. They all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and with his brothers. So this is before they're filled with the Holy Spirit. They're actually praying in order to be in order to be filled by the Holy Spirit, they're spending time with, with God because they know they need it. They know they can't do it any, any other way. By this stage, they've learnt their lesson that, that it's futile to try and do it in your own power. In Acts 2, 1-4, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Acts 4.31, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. And this is later on when, um, that, when that happens, they're like being persecuted by people when they say, God, look at the, see the uh, anger and whatever to, towards us, um, we need your help. And then this, this is, a, they get filled by the Holy Spirit again. So it's something that need, we need to do regularly. It's not just something, as Pastor Rob said, that happened, uh, happens at youth camp 20 years ago and that's the end of it. It's, it's a regular, regular thing. In Acts 9.17, then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has, as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. When Paul placed, in Acts 19.6, when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. So we need to be constantly being filled. And this can happen each morning as we spend time with God. And it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, dramatic tongues of fire or, you know, the house doesn't have to shake off its foundations. But... You'll, you'll know if, if, it, if it's happening by what, how, you, how, how you go about your, your day. It, it's, a, it's a good indicator. So, and it's just reliance on Jesus because, you know, we're all 
we're all bad at doing good. Basically, we are. I'm hopeless at doing anything, anything right. I'm just hopeless at it. Um, but Jesus, if I do anything good or right with the right motives, it's because Jesus help, helps, uh, helps me to do it. He's the one that is my strength um, and he's the one that helps me in all those situations and he's the one that helps all of us because we're all bad at doing good. We're all, we're all not, not great at it. It's just the, the fallen nature we live in, just the fallen world we live in. And so, and then it goes on. So that, the, but Jesus answered, no more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. So after Peter's done his work and the ears lying on the ground, Peter says, no more, no more of this. Or in another version, he says, put your sword away. Put your sword away. And he, and he went and grabbed the man's ear off the ground and just put it on his head and it was just miraculously restored. I kind of think, wouldn't there have been a bit of dirt in the <laughs> like where, it, where the flesh was and that? But obviously that doesn't matter. With Jesus, it just he was healed. And... You know, you, you might be here, here today and you think, man, I've cut off too many ears to count. It's hopeless. I've failed w- way too many times. What would Jesus want to do with me? But you know what? Jesus can put people's ears back on, basically. When, when, you, when we do something dumb, Jesus can put the ear back on that person. He can restore their ability to hear the gospel again. He can restore their ability to come to know Jesus because that's who he is. He can, he can do it um, after we've made a mistake. And, you know, there's times when we need to obviously apologise or do something because of whatever, but, you know, he can, he can fix those mistakes and we, we just need to ask for his forgiveness in those times. Um, you know, and he, he, Jesus can heal people's hearing but the goal is not to chop off ears in the first place so we need to take steps to be filled with the holy spirit more and rely on god more god has plans for us individually and as a church as we learn reliance on the holy spirit we will walk in it and you know the disciples were called to be leaders of their time and their call never changed and your call has never changed your call, Jesus still has the same call for you as he always had, has. Um, and it's just something we need to learn to grow in and develop. And, it, and as I said, it seems to take a long time and it seems to be the most difficult lesson uh, to learn at times. And, you know, after the, the Jesus followers later became key leaders of the church in their day. They sought the Holy Spirit earnestly. They became the people of God. They were called to be reliant by relying on the strength of the Holy Spirit. And they were used to win, win souls to Christ and help many, many people. And you know what? When we walk in the same way, we can also be used to restore people's hearing to the gospel again. Where, where somebody's had a bad experience in church, you know, maybe horrible things have happened to them, which, which seems to happen to has happened to a lot of people in our time. 
You know, we can be the ones that Jesus uses to, to help them hear again. By the way we act, by the way we deal with them, by the way we operate, we can, they can start to listen again. Their hearing can come back. Maybe God is real. Maybe he does love me. Maybe that, that what those guys did to me or what happened in that situation wasn't God's plan. Maybe, maybe, maybe there is a God who loves me and I can be restored and I can be healed and I can walk with him. And we, we can be those, that people that do that for others in our, in our community and in our lives. You know, even just as we give up our lives for people, when, when people, uh, when enemies maybe come against us, whatever our response, will we'll, we'll, um, we'll either help them to hear more or it'll, it'll reduce, them, reduce their ability to hear about Jesus. Um, okay. I might get the music team to come back up. So this morning, it was really on my heart that the, the call of Jesus, I suppose, in my own life and for us all together was, it's a call of His kindness and mercy to us this morning. There's a world uh, that needs um, salvation and he needs our, us as, as his group of followers to be, to, be, um, to be living out of his strength and power and not by our own strength and power. And there's no other way. So, so can we hear Jesus saying to us uh, this morning, would you come and pray with me? Just like in the garden, with the disciples were there, Jesus appealed to them, would you come and pray with me? And they, and they slept and he went back again. He said, would you come and pray with me? And he's, he's saying that to us this morning. Would you come and pray with me? You know, he, Jesus had a burden for the world and he wanted to share it with his followers. He said, would you come and pray with me? And, he's, and, he's, and he wants us to grow in that this year. I believe, you know, grow in prayer, grow in, 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 in hanging out with Jesus and being filled with the Holy Spirit and grow in, in the way we deal with our community, deal with each other and deal with even the issues in our own life. Um, because, you know, we're not always the best representation in our community, but He wants us to grow in that. He wants us to change. And there's people out there that maybe are cut off because of stuff that happened in, even in this church, but in the future, they're going to, the way we operate will change. They'll, they'll hear again. They'll want to come, come and know about Jesus uh, again. So, you know, Jesus was saying, he's, he's basically saying, can we, uh, to wake up from, from sleeping. And it doesn't mean that, not, it's not so much physical sleeping. It's just sleeping in our, in our spirit. He's saying, would you wake up and, and come and pray with me. Um, he wants to share his work and purposes in this world, and, and I want to be a part of it, and I know you do too. You know, we won't get it right. Um, we won't get it right every time because, you know, we're in a fallen nature, in a fallen world, but we can get better and better at it. 
And, you know, if you do stuff up like we all do at different times, you, there's no point in beating yourself up. And although we probably do, a lot of, I do, I'm sure other people do at different times. But Jesus is saying, you know, let's, let's go, let, come and pray with me and just, and just develop that this year and you'll see things change. You'll see things happen in your own life. You'll see them uh, in the church life. You'll see them in the community. And um, if you deal, if we deal with it in our own hearts and lives, then it will affect the other areas. It will affect uh, how we deal with each other. It will affect how we deal with the world. Um, we'll deal in love. We'll give up our lives for others rather than reacting in the wrong way uh, and, and, and dishing out things that, that aren't great. So why don't you all stand... We stand together this morning. We're just going to sing through uh, another song. And look, we're, we're talking about um, being filled with the Holy Spirit. And if you haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit, um, I, I need to give opportunity this morning um, that you can be. And uh, if you would like to be, it's nothing to be scared of or afraid of. Sometimes you'll speak in another language. Um, there's nothing to be afraid of. It's just that God is filling you with His Holy Spirit. Um, so if you haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit before and uh, you find yourself struggling and trying to deal with issues in your own strength, then you're welcome to come forward today uh, to the front here. And Pastor Rob and Pauline uh, and myself and maybe a couple others will, will um, pray with you and pray that you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit this morning. And um, if you just want a touch of the Holy Spirit, if you just want to be uh, filled up this morning, then, um, you know, as I was saying, it often happens in the place of prayer or when somebody is um, laying their hands on you and you uh, get that infilling. If you're finding that you just want it, that you're struggling in different areas and you think, man, God, I just need you to, to empower me and strengthen me uh, in my life. So uh, I'm going to give uh, opportunity for that too. If you want to come forward, you're more than welcome as we sing through this song. Um, and um, yeah, just be blessed and yeah, we'll go from there.